0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of hashtag leadership. What's on your mind, a podcast to make you think about your leadership journey and inspire you to change your perspectives by listening to great people talk about their leadership stories. So today we're going to speak to Andrea. Andrea, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm great and good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem at all. So I don't know a lot about Andrea's story, but I've been told to have her on the podcast, which is a great thing. I don't want to like build you up too much, but, um, we know the format, we've got 20 minutes to, to share your story. So to start off with Andrew, while I start, start the clock, tell us a little bit about you, about your business, about where you are, and for people who don't know you.
1: Okay, my name is Andrew Edwards. Um, I'm living in the northwest of Liverpool. At the moment, um, I have a collection of businesses up and down the country. Um, that goes from a coffee shop, bistro, um, and a bar. Um, I have had over 100 people employed. Um, COVID has hit us hard, uh, but in hospitality, we fight hard and we uh, just keep going. And that's what we've been doing. The other side of Andrea Edwards is I run a consultancy and I have been a business mentor, coach slash non-exec director for 10 years. Um, My background is McDonald's. Um, I am proud to say I started at McDonald's as a training manager and uh, got promoted time after time again and i was the first female operations manager in the northwest which i'm particularly proud of um it had been a very male dominated industry up until that point and i was also the regional marketing manager um somebody asked me um when did i think my leadership journey started well in actual fact i giggled a bit and um, because the first thing I ever remember leading was a bunch of girls on a holiday when we were 19 in a caravan. There was, 90, there was We were 19 and there was eight of us and I had the key. I told everyone what time they had to be in, what time they could go out, how much food we had and how much money we had. And that makes me giggle that even at that point, I could see there was a value in making sure we all stuck together and got, got the best out of our holidays we could. So that's my first ever memory of leading a group of people. And it was a bit of an adventure.
0: Yeah, Fab, so where do you think that that came from? Where, where, obviously, that's an, an event, but where do you think that comes from, that environment?
1: Um, I didn't have a great time at school. Um, I am very confident. Um, I love who I am, um, and I'm a big work hard, play hard person, and always have been. What I did really notice at school was I wasn't academic. Well, I didn't think I was academic. I actually now realise I I have and did have dyslexia, but that was never picked up in school. So I was told that I would make a lovely wife. That was on every school report. She's lovely, lovely girl. We love having in the class, she'll make a lovely wife. Um, And I remember going off uh, with my friends as they were going to university and I'd help them pack the cars and I would go and visit them. But I didn't go to university because I wasn't university material. I now realise I was. I just didn't have that direction from anybody at um, at school. My parents were amazing, and that's mostly where I get my leadership from. Um, they always told me I could, and I would, and keep going and work hard. Um, I worked with my my father and his business from a very early age because we were, we were a family that had market stalls, butchers, and we just all worked. We all got on with it. Um, I'm passionate about people. I love spending time with people. Um, I have buckets of common sense and common sense isn't common. That's part of the problem. I see things very simplistically. I don't overcomplicate things. And I think that's when I realized that if I was going to make anything of myself and not be the person out of all my friendship group that didn't get a good job or didn't, wasn't successful, I had to reinvent myself. So I worked harder. I worked longer. I worked more astutely because I needed to prove to myself and the world that I wasn't stupid.
0: That's amazing. I love that story. I've got, it resonates with me. My, my dyslexia wasn't picked up till the end of college going into university. So, and again, I totally understand and see the, the transferable skills and what you have to go out there and do rather than letting that um, label be put on you. So, so I love that. So thank you very much for sharing that. So, so tell me about then moving into your employment and obviously I know McDonald's have got a great reputation for developing within. Um, and the, the training that they have. Was there anything before McDonald's or, or what was that journey in the early years like?
1: Yeah, I, I had a great, I love school, don't get me wrong. I had a great time at school, I had a great friendship group. Um, I've always been a gatherer of people around me. I continue doing that now. Um, and I then went to college. I went to catering college and got all my qualifications because at that point, I just thought I could just about do that because I didn't think I had the ability to to do anything more because that's what I've been told. And I thrived and I was top of the class. And you know, I was, um, I can't say I was a teacher's pet, but I very much um, was different than most people in that class. And I came out of there with big visions and big ideas. Um, I then went to live in America for a couple of years. Not many people know this about me, but my next door neighbor was Olivia Newton-John. I had the best time um, with a family there who were absolutely wonderful. I was a nanny. I didn't really know how to be a nanny. Um, so I just got, I just went there and became me and they kept saying to me, is this what an English nanny does? And I go, yes, this is what an English nanny does. (laughs) I didn't know how to be a nanny, but I just did it. And again, great relationship, massively built my confidence, met so many people in on that journey of living in America. And when I came back, um, my dad actually said to me, you need to get yourself a job and a proper job. Um, and I started working for McDonald's as a trainee manager. Um, I think my dad thought I was going to be flipping burgers my whole life. And that's not a bad thing if that's what you choose to do. But I went in there and I could just see this very simple path and I just got promoted and promotion after promotion after promotion because I cared about people. Um, I cared about output. I cared about learning how to run a business. I love, love figures. So I'm very analytical. Um, I can see a pattern in a spreadsheet in a second. I can pick a figure out I can hold a figure um, so one of the things that all the team worked with me was how do you remember all that stuff i can remember what sales we took on a on a site uh mid mid january so my my memory is very retent- retentive for figures um and that helped me grow through mcdonald's very quickly because i could analyze stuff and and that's what they taught us to do um yeah, I, I, little things like we had to go and do um, applied equipment courses at the time. Um, it was all blokes and I was the only girl on the course. And I was determined that I would pass this course. But I didn't just pass it. I came first because every night I was back in my hotel room with my husband on the phone, who's an engineer, teaching me how to understand fridges and refrigeration and airflows. flows. Um, because you know what? Sometimes you just have to work harder to prove yourself. And that's what I did
0: yeah there's a couple of threads coming through how you're talking there about putting the work in and showing up and turning up and also the the thread of caring about people and that communication it's so important isn't it having that the link between both Uh,
1: yeah i'm actually passionate and i know people overuse this but i'm passionate about the people i work with with the team members i am absolutely thrilled when we promote to somebody and we see somebody grow one of my best moments in my adult working life was watching uh, my area manager get an award for employee of the year and it was the M- uh, MIB awards in Liverpool. Um, yeah, I was very tearful, I stood there clapping. I wasn't getting the award, she was getting the award, but that to me was the pinnacle of my leadership skills, that somebody yeah. who had worked for me, started with me as an assistant manager, worked the way up to area manager, was now being recognised outside of our our own organisation for the works that she's done. Um, So, yeah, they're the things I'm really proud of.
0: Yeah, they said that empowering and seeing the impact that you can have on people. And I think it's quite um, interesting when people have that barrier sometimes about having that, the more we level up the people around us and in our teams, ultimately that's going to level you up as well.
1: And then some. Yeah, I mean, I my philosophy is we, if people around me can grow and grow surpass my knowledge in an area, I don't need to be an expert in that area, but I need experts around me in those areas. And I work with so many clients now, and I've had the privilege of working with architects, web designers, exporters, importers, gallery owners, outside catering companies. So from a coaching point of view or a mentoring point of view, the discipline of their industry doesn't affect what I do. I still apply process and systems in the business, but the first thing I do is the foundations of people. What have they got in in place for the people? Because they're only gonna be successful in business through their people. So I um, deliver something called My People to Profit Chain to get sustainable profitability, you do it through people, and there's certain things that you have to do um, to achieve that. Um, I use one other principle in all my businesses and also all my clients' businesses, and that's the fish principle. Um, I don't know if you've heard that, but um, that is play, you you know, you've got to have some fun along the way, no. otherwise it becomes just too much and um, make their day. That's the customer. So I have two customers. I have my internal customer, which is the employee and I have my external customer. I believe get the in, internal customer on page, training them, helping them, supporting them, paying them correctly. They will make sure your external customer is then satisfied. So, A lot of people say, focus on your external customer. I don't, it's the other way around. Uh, Be there, which is about um, being present. So many of us, particularly um, as people grow businesses, don't have enough time for their staff they're on their mobile phone or they're reading an email while they're doing something else. If you choose to have an appointment with somebody and spend time with someone, respect their time and be there. And the other one um, is every day, choose your attitude. I don't always have great days. I don't always have great hours but you don't want to know I've had a bad hour before this, you know, so you choose your attitude that you want to display to the world. And one new one, which is not a fish principle, but I have embraced since COVID, we are recording this sort of.
0: Yeah.
1: As we come the of to COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, is about being shown vulnerability. I have never allowed my team or any of my clients to see my vulnerability. I thought that would have shown that I wasn't a great leader. Um, but actually I've realized showing re- vulnerability just makes you more human and opens yourself up. So yeah, one of the things I've learned is uh, on my leadership journey, cause we all learn every day and we learn from each other and is, is showing vulnerability is okay.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned about the current situation and, and it'd be great to sort of dig into a little bit about what you've had to really dig into with your leadership, personal leadership now, about some of the things that you've had to really think about. And, and it supposes that on that leadership journey, you've created this kind of, I talk about creating layers of leadership. So when you get to down the years of experience, you're almost doing without even thinking, it's that oh. subconscious. Have you had that experience in the last six months of having to go back to sort of processes or making yourself have to think about showing up and turning up in your leadership?
1: Um, I, I think I've done the unconscious and I've done the conscious um, decisions there. So talking about the conscious ones, that was about um, embracing everybody. Everybody was frightened. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, it's the first time I've ever, ever not known where I was heading. And I mean, visually, you know, what is our sales going to be by December 31st? What, what are our goals? What do we need to achieve? What are our strategic imperatives? All the stuff that I talk about on a daily basis, suddenly that didn't matter. And suddenly the team just wanted to know that, was their job safe? Were they gonna have something to come back to? What did I know? Well, I actually knew as much as they did. So I had to get the data from the TV, get the data from talking to um, other businesses. So we set up a WhatsApp group with Liverpool, with all the restaurateurs. That was just priceless because I was feeding off owners learning picking up information that would be key that would help my 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 team too and but you know zoom became part of what we did and we would zoom every week um with the whole team i would invite everybody it wasn't compulsory and that was to get an update from me my update was only what i was getting off the tv and learning from others there was nothing official but suddenly that communication, that key was enough to keep them sane in that moment to think, OK, well, I've heard from Andrea. I know what's going on. And I did the same with my clients as well. You know, we had um, we didn't have sessions we we'd normally have, but we had COVID, You know, what we're doing for COVID. What can we do to support? What what don't we know? And sharing of information was key. Um, and also as the leader, oh, my word, the pressure that everybody was staring up for you to have an answer. And you know what? I didn't have all the answers and I still don't um because if the prime minister and all the world leaders don't know the answers i certainly don't have the answers yeah. but your employees expect you to have answers so you have to give them something so it was about engagement and morale um mm-hmm. communication was key um and being open transparent um and i suppose let them see that i was vulnerable too do you know, I was just about to
0: add on the end there that it's that vulnerability piece as well, which has probably been a massive learning um, Curve there as well Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned about and this is something that I've um there's a couple of people I've had on and I've not got to this point and and I really want to get your point of view on this about the the creating that environment of communication feedback, but in your experience and and the people are so important about having and and actually attracting great people what's been your experience on on having the right people around you how challenging has that been are you able to get somebody who doesn't maybe fit the mold but then you can train them or are you looking at getting the right people from the word go um no
1: no not at all um i have over the years I've been doing this, I've seen people come as an apprentice who couldn't string a sentence together because they had no confidence. And I vividly remember a mum coming to me way back at McDonald's. Um, and it was all about, there's a mum on the front counter. Um, you know, I've got a 16 year old, what, what's wrong now? And she just burst into tears, she said, thank you. She said, since ex um, person has been working with you, um, now talk to the dinner table, comes out of the room, confidence has grown and that's because you personally have taken time to get to know that person i actually was on um, a networking meeting recently and there was somebody that used to work for me 25 years ago and this is one of those things that i, f- I feel bad that i'm that old that i can I can, say <laughs> I can say it five years ago but um and they just started talking say so i see we've got andrea was on the call today can i just say i can remember what car she drove i can remember what she used to say to me um, and yeah, you know, I, have got a lot in my head with the things that she said to me and not many people, cause I was the hierarchy with the McDonald's spoke to the, the, um, the employees that were around. So it goes with that whole thing, always be careful on your way up because you don't know who you're meeting on your way back around. Um, so those sort of things have actually helped me get through COVID because I think, wow, I'm doing something right somewhere because that person was met. I was meant to meet that person after 25 years, whilst I'm feeling, you know, whatever COVID's doing to me personally. To actually think, well, actually, some of the principles I have and some of the values I have are so strong that 25 years later, somebody's remembered me. So that's all good.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great feeling, isn't it? To have that impact and that legacy piece that you're starting to be able to engage with people like that. So awesome! Well done. Um, So. What's the future of your leadership? What What's the future of your journey coming out the back of this?
1: Um, I think I'm going to be bolder. Um, I have made some very large business decisions about how I um, manage our businesses. And I am going to be looking at doing more of a cooperative with the team. So rather than me have the headache of everything, share some of the bits that the employees don't get to see. Um, and I'm very much moving more into the coaching world. Why am I doing that? Because, um, I have been helpful to so many people and I know I have. Um, and that makes me feel good when I go to bed at night. I love that passion. I love, um, the feedback I get from people and I've got a lot to give, you know, you talk about legacy. Um, you know, I'm, I've got 25 plus years of, of this now. I've been doing coaching and mentoring for 11 years um, outside of the corporate world. And there's so many people who are just starting off um, that I know I can help. So that's what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So on the sort of the challenges, what have you been your big, we, we talked about some of the challenges, what have been your kind of Standout successes that you kind of put up there as being like and again across the whole journey now of, of what you sort of stand for
1: um, well if i can take this back to my personal life i um if somebody was to write i always i th- understand a bit wrong but if somebody came to my funeral what would people say about me because i always think you have these great speeches and eulogies at a funeral but the person never gets to hear I know mine would have some of these in. It would have, she loved orange. There you go. I'm wearing orange today. I love that. (laughs) You'll never see me without orange. That's sort of my brand. Um, I love people. I love my dogs. And behind me, I've got giraffes. They're not my favorite animal. That's elephants. I'm fanatical about elephants. I'm fanatical about the environment. We've just planted three and a half thousand trees in Tanzania through the business being carbon zero. Um, so, in the background, I am working with Liverpool University and John Moores University on um, how do we remove uh, palm oil out of a lot of the products going to the restaurant industry that's just a pilot project we're doing at the moment. Um, I sit on a couple of boards, uh, one being the Michael Caer Foundation um, and that is um, an LGBT plus so I like to spend some of my time giving to um, charities or organizations that I feel very um humble to be part of so that's what i would say i have two dogs i love my dogs can't miss out my two children who are amazing <laughs> but i only have one husband so two dogs two kids <laughs> but only one husband
0: fantastic so we have got exactly one minute left those 20 minutes fly by don't they um somebody that's listening to this is on their leadership journey at wherever they are if you were to give two or three tips and hints for somebody who's maybe at the start of their leadership journey and they're building momentum, what would you say in the last sort of 40 seconds?
1: Listen, take advice and have a mentor.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. That's nice. I like that. Short, sharp and to the point. Um, but so true. And it's backing up what you've just talked about in your journey, which is, um, I'm thinking of the word now it goes together, doesn't it? And, and, and I, and again, you mentioned about the orange. I love that, about that branding. I've just been listening to something to myself about the, having that link and that branding to somebody. So Andrea, I'm going to stop this cause it's going to go off in a second. sometimes miss the actual alarm going off (laughs) so thank you so much for spending the time to speak to me today and if you're listening on the um, podcast provider please make sure you follow and there's another episode coming out next week at six o'clock on wednesdays if you're watching us on youtube hello and make sure you hit the subscribe hit the bell and you'll be able to be notified of any episodes that are coming out so andrea have a great rest of your day thank you for joining me and you too thank you and we'll see you all next week guys Bye!